0: You are listening to Saturdays with the Story Dude, a bi-weekly podcast about the world of screenwriting, screenwriters, and, of course, the film and television business. I'm your host, Jared Dean Winchester, and you know something? This show, when I decided to criticize the critics, what I'm really doing is... I'm taking their criticism, analyzing it, and pointing out not just the flaws, but also the irony, the, you know, unintelligence of the critics. How they don't want to suspend their disbelief and how they constantly compare elements of story in a film or a TV show with reality. I also take into account their ability to suspend their own disbelief as well as their ability to or rather should I say, their inability to understand that movies and TV shows are make-believe and not really have the patience to wait until the end of reading a screenplay or a teleplay or whatever work that they are critiquing. Just wait until they finish it to be able to criticize it. Likewise, I also criticize the critics when they make a silly comment or when they make a ridiculous comment such as how a certain TV show was tanking or bombing after a certain season after a given season that they have identified was the last good season again not understanding it But also, I just need to tell you something. So when a critic criticizes something, like a TV show or a film, what they fail to do is they ask questions to information that is already present or that is already going to be made available to them. In the movie or TV show itself, but they are too impatient to wait for it. Like I'll give you an example. When I was writing, showed it to a bunch of idiot critics, and I noticed that the questions they were asking, I immediately knew that they weren't really paying attention to the script, or they weren't even reading it. I immediately knew that based on the questions they were asking, they weren't doing their due diligence, or they weren't even doing their job. So how can I tell? Again, based on the questions, immediately I knew The questions were already being answered And I knew that they weren't moving past a certain page Or a certain point in the story To be able to pick up that answer Seriously Who hires these bums? And who hires these lazy idiots? I mean, seriously, just to let you know this, I may have mentioned this in my previous podcast when I criticized the critics. There is no qualification that is necessary for a critic to become a critic and hyper-analyze some material So they can call themselves a true critic. They throw around words, jargon, to make themselves look smart. That makes themselves sound smart, but they really aren't. And they throw around willy-nilly words like unrealistic or not believable. And this doesn't happen in real life type responses And that's really about it And that I can tell you Is the one contributing factor That is making the movies and TV shows lose quality Which again I also talked about in one of my previous episodes. So, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Basically, let's take my favorite show, Smallville. There was this one critic that says that Smallville tanked or was going downhill after season three. I paused and thought to myself, now by the way, this critic, this criticism came from me answering a question on Quora. And if you're wondering what Quora is, this is a question and answer website that has been taken over by Provocateurs, political activists, and drama queens. More about that on another episode or another podcast that I'm releasing. When this critic pointed out that Smallville went downhill from season 3 onwards, I paused and... Went over the seasons in question that were quote unquote the best, and I noticed something. These seasons concentrated about Clark and Lana, the love triangle, basically, the high school stuff, typical teenage high school drama aka Wintry hill or dawsons creek type teen drama now when tom welling was interviewed about why about when he joined the team of smallville when he finally accepted the role of clark in smallville guess what folks he rejected it 3 times before accepting it Fearing it's going to be another teen drama. Which he also discussed in Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. When Michael Rosenbaum finally got him on board. And he was discussing this. So that's what it is. So the first three seasons were all about the love aspect. Now this idiot critic forgot one aspect of this. The premise of Smallville is a young Clarkian on training wheels, young Cal-El on training wheels and his journey into becoming Superman. This critic forgot that. And I don't know how many critics forgot it because... The criticism of Smallville varies from Tom Welling's acting is meh to Smallville tanked or Smallville went downhill. Now, I agree there are few plot holes or few inconsistencies in Smallville that I myself have picked up, but I do need to say that... This is Clark Kent's journey into becoming Superman, or a young Kal-El on training wheels into becoming Superman. This is his journey, not a journey of Clark and Lana, not a journey of Lois and Clark, which in case the TV show Lois and Clark New Adventure Superman would have been... Just fine Because that show Focused entirely about The journey of Lois and Clark After Clark was introduced as Superman Huge difference So I'm gonna Stop right there Cut to a break Then we're gonna continue And Give the Critics of Smallville, some more, 3rd Degree. Stay tuned. Learn the craft of screenwriting with the guys at ScreenwritingU.com. They have free classes for you to test the waters, and then they have the Pro Series courses, which are the flagship of the Screenwriting U courses. The owner and founder is actually an expert in the industry, and you get to learn not only the craft of screenwriting, but also the business of screenwriting. So what are you waiting for? Inquire today at ScreenwritingU.com. That's ScreenwritingU, with a capital U.com. This podcast is brought to you by Spring Whales Productions, where your journey begins. Welcome back. Now, before the break, we were talking about critics in general, what they normally do. It's a re- It was a recap, and I segued into an example of why the critics are wrong about Smallville. And I was analyzing the criticism of this one critic, this one idiot critic, That responded to me on Quora, the question and answer site. About why Smallville went downhill after season three. And I was telling you what the entire show was really about. I told you that it was really about a young Cal-El on training wheels... And his journey into becoming Superman. Now, I do have to say from season four onwards, soon as they brought a young Lois into the picture, and these other characters like Isabel Thoreau, Jason Teague and uh, of course Doctor Virgil Swan, which who was reoccurring, who made an Debut appearance in season two of Smallville. I have to say that from season four onwards, it was all about Clark. It was focused on Clark and no longer about Lana. And I think this is what this critic was pissed off about. That it wasn't about Clark and Lana anymore. It wasn't a journey about Clark and Lana. It wasn't about teen drama. Anymore It was focusing entirely on Clark And his development His character development In Smallville So That's the thing Now I did admit Before the break I did admit That there were a few inconsistencies In Smallville Which I'm not going to list all of them I'm not going to list any but if you have found some, let me know what those are. And I can confirm or deny that they were the ones that I have on my list. Anyway, with critics doing crap like this, it's very important to keep them in line. Or should I say call them out on their inconsistencies. Because, let me tell you something, without somebody calling them out on their BS, they're going to keep continuing to cause havoc and they're going to continue to, you know, ruin it, f- the quality of the work for filmmakers, and screenwriters, and showrunners, and TV showwriters. The quality is going to keep going down when a lot of these critics jump in, point something out, say that's politically incorrect, or not realistic, or unrealistic, and constantly compare elements of story in in the film and TV show with reality. Doesn't work like that. And constantly not suspending their disbelief. Suspension of disbelief happens with your audience. They want to suspend their disbelief. So my question is, why aren't critics doing it if they want to fill in for the average Joes, if they want to stand in for the average Joes in order for the film industry to make movies to get some idea of what movies or what elements in movies and TV shows are acceptable for the general public, They're really not doing themselves any favors. They're not really doing the average Joes, the viewing audience, the viewing public, any favors at all. Which is why I know this is a costly exercise. I know this is an expensive exercise. But the best way for you, the audience, to... Find out whether a movie is good or bad or to determine whether a movie is good or bad is if you yourself go out and watch it, experience it for yourself and then make up your own mind. That is the only surefire way of knowing when a movie or a TV show is good or bad. You have to let the market decide and not let these idiot critics jump in and ruin it. Now, I also talked about in one of the episodes of how important it is for the market to decide whether... Movie or a TV show is good or bad, and how every filmmaker and showrunner or aspiring filmmaker or writer to be given a chance in Hollywood or any mainstream film industry or television industry, then based on the sales based on the popularity or based on the uh, audience's reaction and uh, how it's well received or whether it's well received or not to determine whether that aspiring filmmaker or writer can still stay in the industry and write better things. And I do believe Critics are a detriment Now I understand From a producer perspective If you're going to invest Millions of dollars Or Tens of millions of dollars In a movie To create a movie You want to be sure That you're going to get A good return On your investment Now I totally understand That point of view But You cannot sacrifice quality just to satisfy that requirement. You can still aim for that requirement of a good, healthy return on your movie or television show investment, but you cannot turn around and sacrifice quality in order to get there. It doesn't work like that. If you sacrifice quality, but your movie or TV show makes good money, it's not going to be... Its reputation won't be that good. Now, you may be reminiscing. You, the audience, maybe... Some of your audience may be reminiscing how the old shows were good, they were quality, and if you've used the phrase, "oh, they don't make them like they used to type comments, this is one of the reasons why. It's the Dane critics that have ruined it by using criticisms like, political correctness, and, of course, the realism aspect of the TV or film shows. So, with that being said, I think I've made my point. Now, if you're going to Again, I know there's going to be a lot of you here, listeners here, who think, oh, Jared, you're totally allergic against criticism. You keep complaining about criticism. No, no, no. Not doing that at all. What I am about is calling out bad criticism. And I do believe when a critic complains about the realism of a movie, the political correctness doesn't suspend their disbelief. That is bad criticism. And when you apply bad criticism, you ruin a quality movie or a TV show causing the aspiring filmmaker, producer, film producer, or showrunner to... Take the easy way out You the critics are causing this So If you're going to be a critic In the industry My recommendation to you Is First and foremost Understand suspension of disbelief And Work on it Work on controlling yourself Suspending your disbelief Practice suspending your disbelief and yeah. Don't confuse elements of reality elements of the film with elements of reality. Doesn't work like that. Film and T V work on a what if premise. They are fantasy, not real. They have a premise that they're trying to work off of. It's fantasy. They are supposed to be unrealistic. Get that into your thick head. So, with that being said, this is Jared Dean Winchester. Thank you for listening. And until I hear from you or talk to you again, don't forget to turn that page